1: What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Young and Adulting Podcast. My name is Ryan and super excited about the conversation that we're going to have today, but also really excited because I am joined by two incredible guests. I have the one, the only, Ty McMillan is here with me. Ty is the kind of the campus pastor of our CFSEU campus. He's a professor at the college here at Christ Fellowship. And we also have the one, the only Mike McGee, is with us. And Mike is a pastor on staff at our Boynton campus, has his hands a lot of different things. But I'm excited because these both these men are brilliant (laughs) and way smarter than me. So we'll see how you feel in about an hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If this podcast goes an hour, we're in trouble. Understood. (laughs) But hey, it's like November. It's finally cold in South Florida. It's been like light a fire, put on a jacket. It's amazing, right? It's Christmas. Christmas season has arrived. So I just need to know, why don't you tell all of our listeners today, what is your favorite Christmas song and why?
0: Oh man, my favorite Christmas song I think has to be Silent Night. But I think it's just all that comes with it. You know, it's at the end of every Christmas service. Everyone has their candles, and it makes the room bright. You know, so I just love that, that feeling that comes with Silent okay. Night.
1: So this is like the nostalgia. Oh, yeah. You get emotional. Do You cry. Uh, I mean, sometimes you can't help it. It's beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. Ty? Uh, I like the first Noel. Okay.
2: Uh, it's a good song. <laughs>
1: That's your reason. Well, I can't follow the nostalgia <laughs> of the actual Christmas Silent service. It's Night is beautiful. And Josh smart, Groban yeah.
2: comes on. I hear it. I'm in the Christmas mm, mood. I'm there. Mm, I'm a buble kind You're of a guy. buble kind yeah. of guy? <laughs> the Josh Groban album, you hear it every time you walk in Barnes & Noble from like November until February for some reason. Yeah. That one gets me into the Christmas. It's,
1: it's 2021. Nobody goes to Barnes and Noble anymore. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Point taken. <laughs> so, when do you think the Christmas season actually begins? Then, like, what is it cool to celebrate now? Are you decorated?
0: Like, my house is decorated. Nah, just because my wife, mostly. I don't do much <laughs> of the decorating, but so our house is all set up for Christmas. We're just, she, she will only do a real tree, which I think both yep, you guys yep. know. Uh, so we're just waiting for whenever the real Christmas trees get delivered and it'll be up the know, that the only missing day. piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: our house is the same, actually. That's the only missing piece is really? the Christmas tree. Yeah. How about uh, you, Ethan? So, yeah, no.
2: <laughs> So once again, uh, I guess I celebrate Christmas sometimes. Uh, <laughs> November, right after Thanksgiving, that's where we go. My wife, in like August, She's got the Christmas music going, but she For only sure. does instrumental. Because if I walk in and I hear the sweet sounds of Christmas too early, I'm you. like, "Babe, turn that off. We're <laughs> not there yet." And she's sick of. She's but as long as me. there's
1: no lyrics, you're good. I can get. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: It's like a cold war situation. We deal with each irrational. other at that point. So <laughs>
1: amazing, amazing.
2: I'm finding out I'm the Grinch of this uh, yeah, podcast yeah, yeah, about right. a minute and a half you in. So. Should have invited
1: somebody else. Yeah. Uh, so one more question: What's your favorite? character in the christmas story and why or i guess who is your favorite character in the christmas story well and why.
2: following my train probably king herod uh, <laughs> the clearly. guy who tries to ruin it all yeah that's probably my favorite <laughs> that's a great answer uh no i think uh mary yeah mary is my favorite oh my gosh her faithfulness her love her willingness to follow god through what is one of the okay. weirdest requests that you could possibly be asked for sure right um Man, she's just a champ. Yeah. Love her. Yeah.
1: Okay. So he he must like yeah, business he, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. That, that was
0: a good answer. I think I think about the shepherds okay. and how like they got the message from the angel and they just like leave and follow. And I was just thinking about this the other day as I was thinking about this question. Is just like almost I don't know if it even foreshadows like the disciples just you know following Jesus as they're called. But I think that just like faith that they show from the outset of the very beginning of the gospel is amazing. So it's going cool. it's the
1: shepherds, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's certainly the most wonderful time of the year and excited about the conversation that we're having today because I think it is not more relevant this time of year, but maybe there's more opportunity to talk about it. Um, this past week at Young Adults, we really talked about this concept that Jesus is the only way, right? Mm-hmm. So we talked about that scripture Not just that scripture, but several scriptures that point us to the idea of the exclusivity of Jesus, right? That Jesus is the only way to salvation, that Jesus Mm -hmm. is the only way to heaven, all of those things. And so that's really what we want to have a conversation about is just the uniqueness of Jesus, the exclusivity of Jesus. And why is it important to understand that and be able to articulate it? Um, and so I think it's probably appropriate to start with, like, when we hear people talk about that, right? Like, when we when we ask the question or say, like, Jesus is the only way, the only way to what? Like, what does that yeah. actually mean?
0: Yeah, I think I love the way you phrased that, because so many times when we hear the question, like, is Jesus the only way? Um, my first initial response to that would be that, Jesus is the only Jesus atoning death on the cross is the only solution that we have for the sin problem that we find ourselves in that there's right. not any other solution to to the sin problem um, but I think the question behind the question often is how do we know we're going to heaven or how does um, if I have a friend who is just so loving and caring and kind and generous but don't have relationship with Jesus, whether they're atheist, agnostic, Buddhist, whatever, do they have a chance, you mm-hmm. know? Or like the questions about what about people in remote parts of the world that have never heard of the gospel, never heard of Jesus? Can they be saved if Jesus is the only way? Or what about even people in the Old Testament? You know, right. can can they be saved? So I think I love the way you stated that, that it's not, um, not just is Jesus the only way, but then kind of what's the question sort of behind that? Mm-hmm. Th- that's interesting what you're saying because I think we
1: don't— ha- we don't always have problem with the fact that like Jesus is a way, but it is when you think of those like other people or other scenarios or to think that, that, that whatever they have is not the way is kind of where the rubber meets the road for this question of like, yeah, that if this is true, that has implications in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Ty, Ty, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think, I think when we ask that question, Rather, when we go back and we look at what Christ says, when he says, I am the way, right? I think that we sometimes only answer, or we only think Christ is talking about this idea of, where are you going to go when you die? I am the only way Mm -hmm. to heaven. Right? I don't think that that's entirely what Christ is thinking about. I think that there is an element of that in Christ's answer, but I think actually the way that Jesus is talking about, is the way to a redeemed and whole experience That's right. with God, with creation, mm-hmm. even with yourself, right. even with understanding your own identity. And I think what Jesus is offering there, it's not just come follow me and you can get to heaven. right? But rather he's saying, come follow me and you, you can experience life yep. in the right. way that it was right. meant to be experienced. Right. Mike used that term, atoning death, right? And the atonement, this idea of what what makes us right with God. Uh, A lot of folks might look to just the cross for where the atonement begins and where the atonement ends. But I think that when you look at the words of Jesus, when you look at the teaching of the early church, I would argue actually that the atonement began at conception. The atonement began when Christ was being formed within the uh, womb of Mary and continues on. The reason being God wants to invite us into a full life, mm-hmm. into an entire way of being. Um, and so I think when Jesus is inviting, them, it's not just, hey, this is the only way to heaven. It's, mm-hmm. hey, this is, I am the way to life as it was intended to yep. be.
1: Yeah, right. I think that makes sense because it's not just I am the way, but I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father yep. except through me, right? Yep. So it's saying that, that that life that you were designed for, that holistic life that you've talked about, you know, happens in relationship with the Father through Jesus, right?
2: Right. And it, it actually reminds me, you know, uh, for, for a long time, believers are, are referred to in, in the early church, not even as as uh, Christians, but as followers of the way, right? right? Um, followers of the way of Christ. And I think that's true for us today. Yep. Yeah. Your identity as a Christian is not just I have checked off a box. And so one day I get to go to heaven. Right. It's actually, I am a follower of the way of Jesus and my life and my interactions and my even understanding of myself is different because I'm following his way. That's right.
1: Yeah. yeah and I do think that's worth talking about because when you start thinking about even just the way we live and the decisions that we make like one of the things that we see in Scripture is like God's ways are higher, God's ways are better the, right. the way of Jesus in in contrast to the way of the world is a better way mm-hmm. like the way the way that Jesus helps us to understand everything right like how, how do you deal with, uh people who hurt you how how do you mm. deal with inconvenience how do you deal with uh relationships how do you deal with and and the way of Jesus that we see in scripture is so contrary to the way of the world i think it underscores that idea of like it's not just the way to salvation but actually the the way of Jesus is better yes. you know than than our own way mm-hmm. um, and how we would live our lives so man yeah. i think that's such a great answer and and just to kind of remind everybody the importance of the conversation like um, these are these are theological questions that have like practical implications, right? right? And so we're about to celebrate something that a lot of us like don't even really understand, you know, like because if if what we're saying about Jesus is not true, we we don't have much to celebrate at Christmas, mm-hmm. right? Like we're we're actually taking time to celebrate the the divinity of Christ and and God's entrance in. Into the world to make a way for all of mankind. Um, it's not just like showing up at church on one Sunday a yep. year or whatever and singing the songs and lighting the candles yeah. and Silent Night. It's going <laughs> to be amazing. It's it's no like this is this is God in the flesh, yep. and it changes everything. You yeah, know? Um, you know, Ty, you talked about Mary a little bit. Yep. You know, your favorite character in the Christmas story. <laughs> you talked about how kind of what makes Jesus unique is not just his life and death, but even like conception. Like that. So maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, like obviously as Christians, there's this foundational belief that Jesus is born of a virgin. Right. Why does that matter? Yep. Yeah, I think when you look at what
2: God's trying to accomplish in Jesus Christ, in that atonement theory that we were talking about, there are so many layers as to what, God is trying and succeeding to do in the person of Jesus. One of those things is that what we read in scripture is that there is this humanity that is following in the way of Adam. Right. And that's the humanity that every one of us is a yeah. part of, right? It's a humanity that follows in the example of Adam and Eve. When they eat of the fruit, they right. choose selfishness and pride over yep. selflessness and God adoration. That's right. and, and if you look in the mirror you know, you see someone who follows an Adam's example, right? Mm -hmm. I'm typically most concerned with myself. That's right. And I'm willing to compromise my morals the moment that they get uncomfortable, Mm. right? Um, That's this first humanity, this humanity of Adam. In the book of Romans, chapter five, it describes that there is a second humanity Mm -hmm. that's now been started in the person of Jesus Christ. This second humanity is not one that is marked by selfishness, right. by pride, by a desire to uh, advance my own glory at the expense of my own morals, this second humanity is found in the person of Jesus. Right. And, and Paul talks about it in this way that if, if you're wondering what the second humanity looks like, like how can, how can humans be selfless and loving and kind? You just go look at the person of Jesus. Right. And what Paul says there is that this second humanity is now open to those that would follow in the way of Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? So that's really, really critical to start with on this idea of why the virgin birth is important because the virgin birth is critical because for Christ to have been born, just like any other person, he would have been born by the sinful seed of a man into the sinful womb of a woman and born into a sinful world, right. right? But just like God did a miraculous birth of Adam, when he formed him from the dust and yep. formed Eve from his rib. Yep. God now does a second miraculous birth, but right. this one he does slightly differently. You see, Adam is 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 formed a man, but Christ is formed a baby. Mm-hmm. The reason is so that Christ could experience the entirety, right. the fullness yep. of the human experience. Right. Christ was not dying for 33 and ups. Yep. Christ was not dying for grown men in the Middle East. Christ was dying for all of humanity. And so from the moment that he was born and highly dependent on his parents, Mm -hmm. to the moment that he's growing up and getting lost in the temple as a little boy, to the next moment that he's passing his, like I don't know, driver, camel license, right? (laughs) Puberty, all of these things that we just kind of imagine Jesus doesn't really know what we're going through and he's not terribly interested. Right. Christ walked through every element of yeah, that. That's right. And it began right. in the womb and it was finished on the cross. Right. Right. That, and actually I would argue it's not finished on the cross. It's finished at the resurrection. Sure. Because there's this part of the human experience that's so um, inescapable that no matter where you live, no matter when you live, no matter how much money's in your bank account, we're all going to experience the same exact thing. Yep. And it's when we die. Yep. It's mm-hmm. when we that's hit right. the grave. Right. Here's the cool thing about Christ's humanity. That's Right. He hits the grave. Yep. He faces it full on. Yep. Three days is duking it out with death. Right. And then just Emerges gets up victorious. on the other side. Yep. Come on. Emerges That's victorious. Right. And he says, this second humanity, it doesn't end like the first. Yep. Mm-hmm. The first right. ends with death, and you've got all of human history to prove it to right. you. But this one Do You want to see how life. mine ends? That's exactly right. Come it on. ends with yep. victory over That's right. death. That's right. Starts in the birth, yep. ends in the death. Christ has redeemed everything every element of the human experience. Amen. That's right.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the scriptures that you hear at Christmas is like from the book of Isaiah, for unto us, a son is born for us, a savior is, you know, child is given. And I think it emphasizes exactly what you're talking about, that there, there is this record about the birth of Jesus that declares he is different, you know? And I do, I do find it interesting that like Christians, you know, we don't necessarily have problem with the resurrection, the the miracle of the resurrection, but for some reason, like the, we're like, the virgin birth? I don't yeah. know about yeah. that. Like, man, <laughs> like if God can raise Jesus from the dead, you know, if Jesus lived this perfectly sinless life, if he was tried and tempted in every way and was without, you know, fail or fault, it's really not difficult to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. Oh, yeah. And as you said, from the very beginning, sets him apart and, mm-hmm. you know, like, Mike, one of the things that we, I think is important to talk about is just like the uniqueness of Jesus, right? Yeah. And this is one of the things that that right. sets Jesus apart, right? He he is different from anyone and everyone who's ever existed, you yeah. know? Um, but what are some of the other things you would say that make the person of Jesus unique and different?
0: Yeah, one of the things I think stands out uh, to especially, it stands out to Paul, I think, in what he says is, and, and I want to read uh, this quote I found from a, a German historian of uh, religion. He writes this, the discrepancy between the shameful death of a Jewish state criminal and the confession that depicts this executed man as a preexistent divine figure who becomes man and humbles himself to a slave's death is as far as I can see without analogy in the ancient world. Like this idea that god would die would would have just been absurd to them anyways but especially death on a cross and i think so many times mm-hmm. we we see a cross like like i wear a cross necklace people have we have jewelry that has crosses paintings that have crosses we see them as as beautiful but that's not necessarily the way that that the people then would have seen a cross mm-hmm. it was a sign of of uh, just death and destruction and of the roman empire and i think for paul we see this play out in a lot of his letters where um, he says it's foolishness uh, to, to the Gentiles and a stumbling block to the Jews because of this idea of crucifixion. We see he even says, you know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, right. why would Paul be ashamed in the first place? Mm-hmm. It's because of the cross, the cross. because because yeah. God died what, what they would have said is a shameful death. And so I think this idea of the crucifixion of Jesus um, really makes Jesus stand out from any other religion that, that would have been going on at this time. It's not exactly how you would start a religion, mm-hmm. you know, during that time saying that your God died on right. a cross. Right. So I think that's one way where Jesus really Man, stands I, out. I
1: think that's a, a, a well made point. You know, I think you you kinda hear people talk about how there are stories that predate Jesus of a God who dies and is resurrected, but but what you're highlighting of like Jesus humbling himself to the point of a Mm -hmm. servant and, and taking on a a shameful death in order to be the, the bearer of the people's sins is entirely unique. Like the, that, that, that would be the story in, in which God chooses to reenter, if you will, humanity and save himself for a people, um, I think is, is really beautiful and, and well said, you know, and, there there are a lot of things I think that make Jesus unique, but it is an important question yep. because, you know, people will compared, will compare Jesus and Christianity to other major world religions, you know, if if these millions and millions of people ascribe to um, Islam and Muhammad is the figure of that religion and, you know, they, they will equate Jesus to figure key figures in other religions, you know, who might be prophets or teachers or different things like that. And, and I think at the end of the day, like Jesus doesn't leave us room to make those interpretations, you know, like he, he claims Mm -hmm. in the scriptures over and over again, clearly to be God, to, to be the savior of the world. And, and we could talk about all of the different instances and what he meant when he said, and, but at the end of the day, like he makes exclusive claims of himself, like the one we started with. I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, right? Mm -hmm. That you can't have a relationship with God without the person of Jesus. And so I think that's one of the reasons it's important to consider the uniqueness of Jesus, because we can't lump him in with these other figures. Either Jesus is who he says he is, or he's not, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think he also kind of inverts Major world religions, you know, they flip them on their head in yeah. that most of the world's religions are about man finding a way to be back into relationship with God, right? That you in in Buddhism you achieve nirvana, in, and, and, you know, Islam there's the fivefold path all these different things where you would you would live according to rules and regu- regulations and law. Even Judaism, you know, was that, right? Here is here are the list of the laws that if you uphold them will bring you into right relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Except that the point of those laws, it was to point to our inability. Mm-hmm. And so right. in Christianity, you know, other major, uh, major religions are about man making their way to God, but in Christianity, God comes to us. And I think in that, you know, it's part of what makes Christmas so significant because mm-hmm. it's, it's literally God coming to us when there was no other way, mm-hmm. right, to be in relationship with him. Ryan, what you're saying right now is so
2: valuable. And I think there is at times maybe a fear and anxiety over what if something in another religion kind of looks like something in my religion. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's actually an entire field of study on this of comparative mythology, mm-hmm. right? We compare religious backgrounds, religious traditions, religious liturgy, religious literature— um, and we find the similarities. And I am actually like fascinated by that stuff. Yeah. I can nerd out about that stuff for <laughs> hours and regret it. It's like 3 a.m. And I'm yeah. in a Wikipedia. Most people have
1: like YouTube rabbit holes, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Just yeah. die. Right. No. It's, the Wik- it's Wikipedia. <laughs> it's,
2: it's deadly. It's deadly. Well, YouTube's got some good stuff. Though. Uh, here's the thing. If you're thinking about that, you don't need to be scared of studying what things might be similar to your faith? Right. You actually should gain a little bit of confidence because when you study the similar things in other religions, how Christianity stands out yeah. becomes more and more apparent. That's right. The more I've studied other the religions, the more confident I have grown yeah. in my faith in Christ. That's right. Because the things that stand out, the things that are emphasized, whether it's about Christ and the the miraculous birth that He experiences, or even about things that happen in the Old Testament only develop a growing sense of love, awe, and wonder in how our God has formed his story with us. Um, And I I just, I feel like sometimes people are scared, right? And and if you are scared, like, don't get me wrong, like, we've got pastors on staff that would love to walk with you on that journey to talk with you about that. But I just want to give you, like, confidence, liberty to know Mm. you can study that other stuff, and you'll actually probably come out the stronger, Right, you're going to figure out just how good your God is,
1: yeah. Well, I think you know, Christianity at the end of the day comes down to faith, right? And let's say it's even one percent, right? It comes down to faith. There is a we are making faith claims, and you have to make a faith decision at Mm -hmm. the same time. I think we underestimate how Christianity is testable, and like it's it, you can study, you can you know, uh, examine, you can do everything, and what you will see is that the this worldview and this religion is reliable. It can be tested. And so Mm -hmm. just to add to your point, like, yeah, I don't think we have to shy away from understanding other religions because I I totally agree with you. As we understand their truth claims and the truth claims Mm -hmm. of Christianity, I I, obviously I think Christianity is a rational religion is what I'm trying to say. Yep. So, yeah. And I, I think sometimes we get caught up on the question
2: of how they're so similar Right. But you can play a bunch of really silly games with how something is similar. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Me and a baby doll are similar in that we both have, <laughs> have heads nose. and arms and noses <laughs> yeah. and we are absolutely nothing alike, right? Yes. Like yeah. when you're when you're being faced That's with good. questions that That's are really like, good. well, don't you know how similar they are? Just fire the question back in the opposite way. Well, how are they different?
1: Right? Right? Yeah. And
2: start answering that question. Well, why is my faith different than that particular one that might have a similar element? Yeah. What's my faith doing differently? What has mm-hmm. God
1: done differently in the writing of Christianity? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do think at the end of the day that it does come back to the person of Jesus. It's actually absolutely. exactly what we're talking about, that that in the life of Christ, in the um, person of Christ, we see Someone who not only lives out all of their truth claims, you know, but they they're actually consistent, you know, mm-hmm. with with who they are and what they claim to be, and offers a better way, you know, um, that the moral standards of Jesus and the love and compassion of Jesus and yeah. all of these things about him are so compelling. Yeah. Um, w- doesn't it seem likely that God would put Himself on display in this way? You know, like Scripture mm-hmm. talks about how in essence, that the fullness of God is on display in the person of Jesus. And when you read about him, like maybe you met some Christians you don't like, but when you just make it about Jesus, like when you read about Jesus, it's compelling. And Mm -hmm. um, that's why I love this time of year, because we get to talk about the thing that really is central to Christianity, which is a, a loving God who would come to earth, Mm-hmm. who would who would live the life that we could not live, you know, that he would become like us so that he could save us through his death, burial and resurrection. And so there's a lot to celebrate, but I think as we've even hinted at like without Easter, like Christmas is insignificant. <laughs> right. You know, like we we really don't have anything to celebrate without Easter because it's not actually the fact just that Jesus came. Mhm but that he died. Mm-hmm. And so and we really have to look at that to order to understand the fullness of Christmas.
0: Yeah, I think NT Wright says something similar too where like if you take out the Christmas probably narrative— Probably better than I did. <laughs> if you probably <laughs> probably said it a little better. <laughs> if you take out the Christmas narrative, like you lose a chapter here or there. If you take out the death yeah. and resurrection of Jesus, you lose all meaning. Yeah, half yeah. the gospels, you know, that's just right. just in the stories itself. So yeah. uh, I think that's a great point. Yeah. I
1: guess he's kind of smart. Yeah, I think he knows what he's doing. (laughs) I do like, you know, I was thinking about, we're talking about the exclusivity of Jesus. Um, C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite authors, and Ty always makes fun of me for that a little bit. But he talks about in Mere Christianity, which really examines some of what we're talking about in that it is really about the truth claims of Christianity. And when dealing with the person of Jesus, he uses this somewhat like kind of infamous argument of like, you know, that because of what Jesus says and how he lives, like there really are only three decisions that you can make about mm-hmm. Jesus. Like either he is who he says he is and he therefore must be Lord. Um, or, you know, he, he must flat out be lying. You know, he is a liar because he, he claims to be something that he is not. And the third option is that, you know, essentially that, well, then he must've been crazy, you know, because of like, if, if people walked around today wearing a toga and saying they were God, we would probably think they were a lunatic, you know? But, mm-hmm. but we go, like, that. that's not how we treat Jesus. Everybody would recognize a great teacher, a moral leader. No one dismisses Jesus as crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. either, essentially what he says is, he's either Lord or liar. And, and we really have to make that decision about the truth claims of Jesus. It's true or it's not, you mm-hmm. know? It's not kind of true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. So, well, as we maybe have... Conversations with friends and family members around the holiday season, and I'm sure your homes are nothing but peace, love, and joy, (laughs) and the spirit of the season. But maybe there's some tension around wherever my wife is right now. (laughs) She's like her ears just perked up, and she was like,
2: "Who's lying about our home right now?"
1: (laughs) Well, I'm sure your home smells like a Christmas tree and tastes like cinnamon, and is nothing but joy. It does not a moment sooner. Uh, I always get in an argument with people because I love Thanksgiving. Yeah. I love it. I feel like it's it neglected. Absolutely. A bit. Yeah. Uh, my friend says that, don't worry, we we'll take one day in the Christmas season to celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, So, but anyway, as we have conversations with maybe people that we love or we're on the dinner table in the coming months and we're celebrating these things or we're going to church with family, like what's maybe some practical tips that you would give for when our friends or family members ask us questions about these things, because I think even just in our conversation, we're using certain vocabulary. We have a certain, you know, type of conversation that we're having. That's probably not how we would talk to people who are maybe asking us about some of these things. Maybe it is, maybe Mm -hmm. it isn't. But what what would be some of the practical tips that either of you would offer for, you know, as you have these conversations throughout the season? Here's a few things to remember.
0: Yeah, one of the first things I would do is try to, learn from their perspective. Where are they coming from? Mm-hmm. Why, why are they asking me about Christmas or about is Jesus the only way? So I think the first thing that we can really do is is seek to understand where they're coming from because I think it will better equip us uh, to answer the questions that they might have. That's good. That's good.
2: Yeah, I think, and this is true for so many things in, in our faith walk, right, and in, in the understanding of religion. Um, there are three magical words that don't exclude you from your Christian faith. I don't know. Yeah, right, right. you can say that. Yeah, and and you're not out of the club. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and, and and I say that frequently. In fact, I would <laughs> rather say I don't know than just try to make up an answer on the spot, right? Right. Um, There have been times that brilliance has come out of uh, improvisation, right? Uh, But most of the time, I just find myself confusing the other person just as much as I confuse Mm. myself, right? And Mm -hmm. so um, I can offer my perspective. I can answer when I can. um, And then I can say, you know, I don't know. I'd yeah. love to look at that more. I'd love to yeah. talk about that more. And if it's family home for for the the week, they've just, inv- when you give the I don't know, you are giving yourself a key right back into this conversation. Like yeah. if you're worried, right. like, oh no, is this my only chance to talk about this? <laughs> Listen, the moment you say, I don't know, you can then go back and say, hey, yeah. you know, that question you asked, really got me and I really wanted to think on it and I, I actually came up with some that's other great. answers. I found some great resources. You just earned yourself another conversation so don't yeah, be really afraid good. to use those yeah, words. That's good. Yeah.
1: What I appreciate about that is Ty is like 30 times smarter than I am and I appreciate your, your, your humility in saying even as much as I might know about the subject I'm still going to be willing to admit when there's something I, I need more information about. Yeah. I think too like um, it's not just around this idea but you have to kind of discern like the spirit in which somebody is asking their question, because some people are looking for conversation, which we should always welcome and receive and have. And some people are looking for confrontation and, Mm. and we don't, the con, we never, uh, you know, have confrontation with somebody really that leads to anything better, and so yeah. I think just if it's if it's conversation, let's have it, let's facilitate it, let's talk about it. If it's meant for conversation, you know, then we just kind of lovingly and graciously, you know, not back down from the truth but not engage because that we're that spirit shouldn't be on us, right? So, but Ty, you mentioned kind of saying like, okay you know, I don't know, or if you, somebody asks you a question and you don't have the information that you need, wh- where would you guys say are some, of the, are some of the resources that we should go to to find those answers? Like, as we have maybe conversations this time of year or others about these claims of Christianity, wh- what would you point us to of where we can find those answers?
0: Well, I think one of the challenges is that there's actually so many resources. Sometimes you don't know which ones to mm-hmm. look at. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I found very helpful is, um, like, like I have a friend who, who's much smarter than I am. So anytime I have a question about a certain topic or something, I'll text him and say, hey, what books have you read on yeah, this? Like, that's like, why what we are, invited you, you guys to the podcast. <laughs> I, don't, <like. laughs> I don't think that. But uh, it's just been so helpful for me. Because again, it's like, I don't know exactly what authors I should be reading on a certain topic or what Articles or, or whatever I should be reading, but if I find somebody who does know that stuff, I can go to right. them and ask for their perspective. I know that they're going to give, they're not going to give me some you know crazy out wild ideas that only he yeah. believes. They'll give me someone that like um, pr- pretty down the, middle of the road in terms of beliefs, right. um, and so I think once you hear from other people, hear what they're reading. It also gives you idea of, you know, different places you can look.
1: Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I would say, too, like, obviously we have young adults pastors at our campuses. We have small Mm -hmm. group leaders at our campuses. We would love to have some of those conversations with you. But I did want to just kind of underscore the importance of, like, you know, I think whenever like a new book comes out by like whoever is mm-hmm. kind of the most uh, renowned pastor at the moment, everybody reads that. Right. And I've been challenged over the last couple of years. Somebody said to me, like, you need more dead guys in your life. And just going yeah, back I'm and right. reading some of those, you know, people don't often write about some of the things that we're talking about. But yeah. there, there are plenty of great resources that are maybe a little more historic yeah. and in many cases more reliable because mm-hmm. of that. And so there's some good opportunities there. Um, yeah, Ty. Well, I I love that. Um, something that I've discovered
2: over the years is that most of the theological questions I'm wrestling with, somebody actually figured out... <laughs> They're not out. new. <laughs> yeah. Somebody either figured out or has done a lot more of the work that I can at least build on, right? And so, yeah. like, even when we were talking earlier about this idea that Christ has come to start the second humanity, like, the theological term for that is called recapitulation.
1: Say it again. Recapitulation.
2: <laughs> and there is a yeah. church father who trailblazed right. theology for recapitulation, yeah. right? Now, people have written tons of books on it since, but if you were to go look at at people who were alive 150, 200 years after Christ, right? right. They're there at the birth of the church. They're figuring the stuff out for the first time. You're going to find a wellspring right. of powerful Christian doctrine that has That's been good. treasured for millennia, right? right? It's not like the new book that, that maybe we'll love in five years and maybe we'll have figured out it's kind of bunk in 15, right? Right. Um, but, but for example, if you want to find that church father, Irenaeus, right? Like, his stuff is just off the charts incredible, right? And there are dozens of church fathers that you can go and reference to.
1: Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, anybody you talk to who like is slightly knowledgeable in these conversations is just regurgitating stuff they read anyway. One hundred percent. That's where I heard you preaching the previous sermon. you'd get a degree. So no, thank you guys for having the conversation. Obviously, we're only scratching the surface, but I think as we enter into the next couple of months, it, it's so helpful to understand what we're really celebrating. And at the end of the day, these these things that we're talking about are all things that we would point to as reasons that you can trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, that that the way to a relationship with God is through the person of Jesus. And so we're not talking about these things because like, it's cool to know about, or we want to demonstrate some kind of knowledge. We're, We're actually talking about these things because at the end of the day, Jesus is the only way to experience, as you said, Ty, the fullness Mm -hmm. of life that we were designed for. And in examining these truth claims and and understanding his uniqueness, we see that Jesus is trustworthy and and that I can place my faith in Jesus as the son of God to forgive me of my sin. Mm -hmm. And, And therefore actually have something to celebrate at Christmas. And so we just want to encourage you, if that's not a relationship that you've ever started, the relationship with God through Jesus, you, you can do that today. And, and our team would love to help you about that or have conversations with you about that. So I would just say like the most important thing is not to go through the next couple of months and really not have a reason to celebrate because at the end of the day, it comes back to that relationship with jesus so i just want to thank you guys for the conversation it's Honor been to so fun be yeah ty's gonna go home and decorate for christmas And a few feeling weeks conviction. Time. <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll let her use uh Christmas music with words okay
1: yeah okay well okay so last question how how long is it okay to leave up your christmas lights like afterward you know
0: oh, that's a good question um my, mine is always just whenever my wife wants to take them down or whenever she wants to set up, she just handles it all. But we keep ours up a little bit into January. Okay.
1: I feel like ties like a December 26th. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no.
2: I'm not a boxing. I'm way too lazy to be a Boxing Day guy. Uh, we usually go until the tree is dead. Okay. And then we're like, when okay, it turns I think it's brown. time. No, Probably no, we're no, going to wrap this thing up. Okay.
1: I, I'm, I'm comfortable with a lot of things. I would say if you hit Super Bowl, it's too long
2: that's yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 agree awesome. wholeheartedly at least we're at least
1: we're on the same we path. all agreed Absolutely. on that one yeah thing. awesome awesome well thank you guys for joining us for the young and adulting podcast and thank you to all of you who are listening in we'll see you back here next time
0: thanks for joining us for this episode of young and adulting don't forget to tune in thursdays at 7 30 p.m on our youtube channel and follow us on instagram at cf.youngadults And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.